Hey, good morning, you guys. Today's podcast, we have a very special guest on here. We have a doctor on our podcast today. Her story and what we're going to be speaking about today, I recommend to people sit down and take the time to really listen. Um, I've seen her website. I've read her stuff, and I'm looking forward to this podcast. Like all the other podcasts, everybody in our podcast is special, but I think this one's going to hit a lot of near nerves that people really need to hear about. First of all, what is your name? My name is Amber Tishner. Hi, Dr. Amber. Amber, Yes. Let's talk about what is your PhD in? My PhD in, it's in organizational psychology, so psychology of the workplace. But I I honed in on a very special topic. So I um, wrote my dissertation on female rivalry in the working environment. And... um, it turns a lot of heads when people realize what I talk about, but it's real and it exists. And I think a lot of people don't talk about it, but for a woman, if you've experienced it, and I'm not excluding men, but I just studied women. So um, for if you've experienced it, you know it's real. So that's what my um, background is in. All right, so let's talk about, let's experience it. Let's talk about female rivalry because you know what? There's a, and I hear about it, all right? Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about, let's talk about what you consider the female rivalry in the workplace. In the workplace, so I say it's um, a behavior that is not only harmful to the working environment, it's harmful to the women, two women at hand. And people will say to me, but why both women? I see that one woman is instigating the behavior, but why both? And I say, you have to not be comfortable in your own skin if you're able to project this type of behavior to somebody else. So um, a lot of times with female rivalry behaviors, it's um, people will call it mean girl behavior, but it's, it's intangible. It's passive aggressive. It's mean comments. It's taking credit for your work. It's um, uninviting you to meetings. It's talking behind your back. Um, Often it might be not done in front of other people because they don't want to look bad in front of others, but they'll target you specifically. And it can happen at home. It can happen in families. It can happen in social settings. Um, It's a very gray behavior. It's not really black and white. So there's a lot of nuances. I call it a frenemy behavior. But um, those that have experienced it genuinely were like, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. But it... If you're unfamiliar with it, it might be hard to see because sometimes the behavior's hidden. Okay, so that is a that is a topic that right that people need to know about. <laughs> it is because oh, yeah. a yeah, hot topic. <laughs> yes, it is. It is not just about if we experience it, like you said, not just in workplace, everywhere. Yes. And this is happening more and more society. I yes. see it all the time. And it happens a lot on the social space. It happens a lot on, uh, you know, on social. And it's very sad that you see this, you know, so being empowerment of women, hey, let's help each other out. You're knocking yep. people, you know, knocking someone that's that for no reason. And I see it yeah. all the time. You know, working with the media, you know, you have stories that you see yeah. this also, you know, and it's so sad. And it's sad, sad to see this. So what made you get into this? What what What, what led you to this? Well, you let me go back. I call it keyboard courage when people get behind the keyboard and start saying stuff on social media because it can be so cruel and it is so sad. So how I got into it, um, I had to write about something that happened at work when I when I got my Ph.D. And I knew I wanted it to be about women. I just exi- wasn't sure exactly what it was. So I was at a I lived in D.C. at the time and was working for a pretty well-known client. And um, I saw it. 
And I went, oh my God, like this is happening. And it's not just to the two women that it's occurring with. Everybody could feel it. You could feel it at work. It's like you were tiptoeing. Everybody's walking on eggshells. And so I call it the elephant in the boardroom. And um, so I started writing about it and I found nine women that I interviewed. And when I started getting their stories, I was like, oh my God, like this is huge. And why isn't why aren't people talking about it? Because it's harmful. And, you know, you might be at work, but you don't shut off your brain and say, let this stay at work. It comes home with you and it affects everything you do. So that's um, really how I got in interested with it. And at that point in time, I'd had little bits of it happen to me, but not a big blown rivalry yet. But um when I wrote my dissertation was done, I just collect, kept collecting all these stories because women were eager to share and I wanted to be the voice that could share, you know, what they were experiencing so others could be aware of it. What What is the hardest part, you know, when you hear these stories, you know, because some, some stories you hear, like, you know, what, me working the press, I hear stories and it just breaks your heart and you just like, yeah. and you try to keep your composure, you know, especially yeah. you know, being, being a PhD, being, having a doctor, you know, you hear stories, you see things, you know. Yeah, but the fact that you 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 and then all of a sudden there's stuff that touches you that you're like been there done that. So how hard yeah. is it for you? Well, it um I think one of the saddest things that I felt when I hear these stories is how impactful it is. It 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 hurts them emotionally and um socially and sometimes because they're they're feeling that way, it impacts their body physically. But one of the worst things I hear all the time is how alone these women feel when they're experiencing the behavior. So much so that they say they, they don't have female friends or they will never work for another woman or they will never work on a team with all women. And I'm like, we're half the population. Like that's tragic. And um, so to feel that, like you just can feel their pain and then you look at what social media and pop shows are doing and they're calling it a cat fight or women being dramatic and they're making fun of it. And I'm like, no, it's deeper than that. Like this is the real meal deal. It's it's hurtful. So just trying to let people know that it's not just women being dramatic. And sure, there are people that think certain things are funny, but this is, it goes beyond that. You know, have you ever, you know, because I remember when I was back in the days, you know, I'm 46, but back in the days, you know, yeah. walking in, you know, you're, you're known, your knowledge is so known. And just because you yeah. were a woman, you know, you walk in yeah. and you were being cut down by yeah. guys in the workplace, you yeah. know, all because, or you, because you're too young and whatever the case is, yeah. and you felt that, that, that tension, you know, how can you reprogram, you know, tell the person, hey, you know what, how do you work with someone that says, Hey, guess what? You're, you're, you're smart. Do what you gotta do. Just walk in there, brush it off, and let it go. How can you break the psyche for powerful women like CEOs, CFOs, you know, in that level? Continue to keep the confidence on, especially when they're working at such a powerful, you know, position. How do you yeah. help them continue that? Okay, stay, stay positive. It's hard sometimes because when something that is such an ugly behavior is directed at you, it's hard to not take it personal. But what I tell clients and people is, often you're on the wrong path at the wrong time. And if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. So it's super hard to not take it personal, but what you have to realize you have zero control over their behavior. 
you only have control over your own and in it, it that means how you respond to it so i always say before you respond to, to anything practice the pause like sit on it and think about it and if you respond in their same manner you're stooping down to their level so truly if you can do it at all is just realize it's not personal it's them and you know they're it's their way of acting out whether they want power whether they're jealous of you whether they feel the need for control like there's so many things it could be from rise above because if you can stay positive and comfortable in your own skin and walk away you will be so much further ahead than you know trying to react to this ugly behavior uh here's here's a here's a good one yeah <laughs> yeah i like that one but here's yeah. a good one for you yeah let's talk about female sibling rivalry oh that's a bad one too <laughs> <laughs> you're different. if you don't yeah. work you already get out of work and then you come home you know and you understand people it could be you know it's two sisters going at it you know they're different yeah. ages whatever you know i yeah. mean i'm lucky enough i have great sisters and uh great family members but yeah. it just happened between mother and daughters or oh gosh huge yeah. between mother and daughters like that's yeah. a big one too yeah. it's awful because you you know you don't get to pick your family you get to pick your friends so you know you you're kind of stuck with your family but i think what you have to really look at like is it um i'll say superficial and i don't mean that it doesn't um hurt if it happens but it's a like a lighter rivalry you know if it starts to get deeper where it's truly impacting your life you have to look at do I distance myself or set up my boundaries? You know, you have to be very alert to your boundaries, but also you have to know what will trigger you because maybe your sister's always like, eh, you know, just like getting you needling you and doing that. Just she'll know she'll get a rise from you. But if you know you're walking into situation and that's going to happen, be aware of your triggers, which will then let you know um, how you can react to something. Yeah, you know, sometimes they want that reaction. You know? it's of like, course they do. Yeah, it's like, that's yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, I like the fact they say, oh, I got under your skin. I'm like, you yeah. know, you know. No, you're funny. not. And you yeah. know what? If you don't show it, maybe they are. But often what the other person is looking for is the reaction. So if you don't show it, they're going to be bored like, oh, it's not working. Or, you know, they, they'll get bored and move on to somebody else <laughs> or, or something else. <laughs> yeah, or something else. That's, that's yeah. funny. So let's talk about your coaching because, you know, you do coaching, yeah. you do mentoring. You know, um, you know, when people say, okay, you're a doctor, you know, some people, hey, doc, this is what the problems yeah. are. But when you talk about coaching and mentoring, it's a totally different aspect. Because you're yes. now at a comfort level with person to person, more personal level. You yeah. know, that's what I love about the fact that you say you do coaching and you're embracing people and, you know, you helping people out in a different level, not just from a doctor perspective, but also as a personal and a mentor. Absolutely. How do you, how do you break the difference between being a doctor to a coach? How can you separate your demeanor, you know, and change your aspect of that? I think I'm a pretty laid back person. And so, um, People are people. And when I have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with them, I talk to them like I'm talking to you. You know, I think that breaks down the um, barriers where it's not so formal. But I've also, which I haven't shared yet, I had this happen to me big time after I had gotten my PhD. And I thought I knew everything about this topic, you know, from all the stories I've collected and all the women I've interviewed. But when it happened to me, it was ongoing for about six months. And I did not see it. I did not realize it. It took my mom saying to me, 
I hate to see how you're doubting yourself because of this other woman. And so I call it my best worst case experience. I needed that, you know, just to, so I think after experiencing that, I can, I get it. I can relate to these women on every level of this type of behavior. And, um, you know, these experiences that, um, are awful when you're in them make you stronger. And so helping women one-on-one is like, it's such a huge passion because I want them to know they can find other women who can be female friends, who will support them, who they can trust because their trust has been squashed. And um, yeah, there are mean girls out there, but there are other women uplift and empower. So I think just with my passion about it, I, I make people feel comfortable opening up to me. Yeah, let's say you went you went through this through experience, right? After you Absolutely. graduated, also, you know, and let you know, and yeah. the, the worst feeling is, you know, when you have your you graduated, you had this passion, you get ready to hit the ground running, you're like, Yes, I'm gonna change the world, yes. <laughs> and then you have someone that's pushing you down, knocking you down, yeah. trying to say, Hey, you're never gonna do this, you know. Yeah. You know, and it's a, it is, it's, it's such a hard feeling. You know, we, and it's, we all have experiences one time or another. Doesn't matter, male, yeah. female, doesn't matter who you are. Yep. You have felt this. Doing the experience you went through. Yeah. What was the hardest part as you being, you know, you? What was the hardest part for you to out, to get out of there? What was you, what was the worst feeling that you felt? And how did you get out of it? Well, what's so funny, it's all of the things that these women have shared with me. I didn't realize it was occurring. And so I think that was, I was in complete shock afterward. I even had my sister-in-law say one time, what's going on? You're not acting like yourself. You know, like I snapped at her or something and I never would have done that. And so I, um, I felt it's like, because it comes home with you, I call it like your world feels gray. And I felt that I'm like, gosh, am I, do I need to switch jobs? Like, what am I doing? Like, this is before I started my own business, but I'm like, it, it impacted so much of what I was doing in my life. I felt depressed. I had no joy. And I think the shocking thing for me was I've studied this behavior so much and I didn't see it. What would it do to women who don't have the knowledge that I have? So I, I did feel alone and I felt really sad going through it. Like I was kind of going crazy. And, um, then when my mom said that, I got mad. I was like, oh my God, no. I'm And I went in and I quit that project. I was on. like, we are not going to do this anymore. So it lit a fire under me too. So a whole bunch of feelings though came with it. So how did you, you know, you succeeded, of course, and you now have a company. Yes. The company, because, you know, let's talk about that. You know, how do you get to the evolution of getting, okay, you know what? I don't want to work with anybody else. I want to do this for myself. I want to do this. I want to do my own company. I want to empower yeah. women. I want to help them out. I yeah. want to make them feel like I felt. So how did that all became and how did you start that? So after I quit that job, I, I went, I was, you know, on a big job searching quest. And then I thought, what am I doing? This is not my passion. I don't want just another job. And I realized, again, going back to that, if I have all this knowledge and it happened to me, and I didn't see it truly, how is it impacting other women? And that's what lights my fire because I, I have so many awesome female relationships, like in different circles and women that, you know, if you get up from the table, have back. And I think what you said, like all these things taking, I'm taking from the stories that women share with me, it just is tragic. It like breaks my heart that 
women feel they can't trust another woman and be friends with them. And so that's, that's my push. So that's what got me motivated to start doing this. And when I would tell people what I'm doing, they're like, what? Like, but everybody was, every single person I talked to was like, oh my God, that's real. That's, that's a real thing. So I'm like, yeah. okay, onto something. <laughs> yeah. Now do you go to corporations and you do companies and you go to, you know, talk about this at companies? Cause you know, people yeah. say, okay, well, it's not just one-on-one coaching. It much. Yeah. We also do these at companies and yeah. corporations. So yes. do you do that offer? You offer that service. I do. I offer that service. So I'll speak to organizations. I also also have workshops on this, like how to work together and what it looks like. A lot of the work that I do um, is deep rooted in the, the feeling of psychological safety. So if you are in an environment where this is occurring, chances are it's not really a psychologically safe environment. So how do you spin that and change that to have a better organizational culture? Um, because if you are in an environment where you you can't you know raise your hand and let people know you're experiencing this or you're afraid to talk up, then that's not a safe place to work. And so you have to look at is this the right fit for me? But how do we change it? Because you should be able to bring your whole self to work. Right. And the thing about it is, you know, it's scary because you know there's sometimes HR. Yeah. You know, people are afraid to go HR because they're afraid of losing their jobs or talking because some believe yeah. some company says, you know, when you first get hired, say, hey, open door policy. And when you go talk to no. somebody, no, and it's worse. And then the, they're afraid of the, the, the gossip, the office yes. gossip. Yes. Hey, you know, Jay Smith has this issue. And you they try because they're friends. And yeah. they continue to spread like wildfire. You try to, and that's why people are afraid. So how do you break that behavior? You know, especially yeah. when you have like, the office gossip girl yeah. you know we know these girls. oh they're there we know these, <laughs> you know so how do you break that behavior well okay. it's true yeah. like so many women have told me that they would have gone to hr and one woman i remember in particular the hr person said you're lying you're making this up didn't believe her and i'm like it's shocking but i've had several stories like that and i think with this type of behavior because it is so intangible and passive aggressive it's hard to it it kind of turns into a she said she said if you don't have um real proof because she's probably not doing it in front of a lot of other people so what i always say is document 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 so record i mean you can't record without someone's permission but you could take notes you can take notes in a meeting you can take notes to to show what this behavior was and over time you are going to see a story show itself you will see patterns come out so that's the first and foremost like document to know so you can have proof to talk to somebody because it will make you know i'm a big believer of your gut like i feel this is not right and i don't know why but something is off like you're spidey senses or whatever flare up but to to share that in a professional setting people might look at you like you're nuts you know and you're not because gut instinct is totally real so that's one of the first things is documented if you feel comfortable approaching the other individual saying maybe we can go talk get go have coffee or get out of the professional environment that might help but i tried that when i experienced it it totally backfired she um she didn't <laughs> denied everything so um you just um you have to know what you're willing to settle with if you're working in an environment hr doesn't have your back where you can't speak out even if they say this they have this open door policy you have to evaluate is this 
the place that I want to spend this much time. Yeah, I I love that because you know yeah. a lot of people you know experience it. All right, so let's say you have a brand new employee, you know, <laughs> and it, we we hear this about all the time. Oh man, I used to hear this, you know when I, used, I was in charge of a company and I used to hear this all the time, you know, let's say you have a younger employee come to come to the job, you know, <laughs> and then, and then you have someone who's been there for 30 years, you know, and they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're comfortable and they're, then they say, and then the new young one is like almost like freshness to the place. And she has all these ideas and all that. Also the other one, and you hear the, you hear these words, she has it out for me. Oh yes. Oh, those, yes. are those, those are the famous <laughs> words. You know, and I used to have, she has it out for me. I was like, how do you mean she has it out for you? I mean, she has it out for me. That means she has it out for me. And those words were words that always stuck for me. Yeah. Because I heard that from an employee that was excellent. I heard work always on time. Yeah. Stellar employee. And just because, you know, she was different, you know, younger. Yeah. And, everything. and then the other person said, so how do you break that when you hear and you hear someone like you know you you're 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 a company owner okay you hear this <laughs> and you don't want to get rid of an employee for 30 years because she does her work she's good she's reliable yeah. then, then she then she's causing a problem because she does not like this young person coming in how can you make them you, then you try to if you put them both together in a room <laughs> it yeah. becomes a big confrontation so how can you like hey you guys gotta work together you know and then if you put them in a room together then yeah both of them feel uncomfortable like you said they won't talk about this so how do you break that it's a huge one alex it's so huge she has it out for me and that is another thing to like that's your gut feeling but you know but to try to explain that to the manager or the leader in charge it's like you're like what do you mean she has it out for you she's been here for 30 years okay i've heard that story so many times and it's tragic and so i um it's awful some of the stories that happen and it's because you have somebody coming in super excited full of knowledge you have somebody that's been there for a while they feel threatened they're they they're going to feel like they're old news and they're not as important anymore i would advise when you know you're bringing in somebody new who will work with somebody that's been there for a while before they even start working together get them together maybe with a facilitator or somebody to brainstorm like hey you sylvia you've been there for 30 years look at all these amazing things you've done and then but look at the new gal coming in she's so excited and eager to learn from you but then on the other hand she can show you some of the new up-and-coming tools that you know might might give you a little bit more freshness so i think if you if you address it at the beginning before the behaviors get out of control and if you address it as a mentor and a mentoring type of situation where you can equally learn from each other i think that promotes an openness versus a reaction type of but so often you hear about it after the fact because it's not addressed up front but it's a huge issue in fact some of the stories i received a lot of times were from women fresh out of college, very happy, very sassy, and then pushed down flat because someone is totally like um, rearranging their world and they have all this these ugly behaviors directed at them and they have no clue why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used to hear it all the time. It was like, you know, so we always have to be, you know, you have employees there, they were 10, 15 years of company, you had employees, you know, and I, you know, I see this firsthand, you know, yeah. or because of a lifestyle. Let's talk about lifestyles because yes. acceptance of lifestyles between women is it's 
oh yes. it's horrible because yeah because if you look different i'm gonna bring this up because this is an important topic in today's world it, yeah. you know whether yeah. you're gay straight by mm -hmm. you know african-american white hispanic people are being judgmental especially between women you know um and the, the i remember hearing this all the time you know, I am openly gay female. I yeah. love it. I'm married and all that. And of course, I do not yeah. look femme. I do not wear skirts. <laughs> you know, and I remember, you know, having to lead a team of women. And yeah. And they're like, you know, well, is she going to hit on me? Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I was like, no, listen, I'm married. You know, like, yeah. I'm married. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever the case was. So it was just an insecurity between females. Yes. So when you have that insecurity between women, you know, how would you combat that when now with different lifestyle says, you know, how do you empower a group of women to work together? Because, you know, everybody's different. You have different cultures, different lifestyles, empowerment between women. How would you empower women depending on their 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 views, you know, of lifestyles? How can yeah. you tell not to be judgmental? How do you break that stigma? I think, again, you need to get everybody together because women, when they are a lot of this rivalry stems from comparison women judge themselves and how they view people close to them so it could be a sibling it could be a mother it could be a friend whether we know it or not we're constantly comparing and so bring those differences out there celebrate them i mean what what's different with you might be different with me but i can learn from you i can you know learn these different and don't judge i mean it's it's easy to say, but you know, when you're in a group, you're going to have people totally judging and looking down and thinking they're better than, and you know, this or that. Um, I think talk about it, put it out in the open. And I think, you know, I'm a huge believer of um, humor, like put it on the table. Like that breaks the ice. Like what you said, I'm not going to hit on you. Like, you know, and that make it's funny, but it's the truth, you know, like you're happy with your partner, but, um, People do, some people think those things. And I think if you can use humor to deflate it, yet call attention to some of these bigger, heavier topics, that is a great icebreaker. And, it, you know, before you kick off with these meetings, sit down and just have everybody go around and get to know each other. So, you know, it's a real and open dialogue and you can learn from each other. Um, again, it goes back to that psychological safety I talk so much about. It's being comfortable with being who you are and whoever else is in the room that you're not afraid to to stand up and speak and that you won't be um, brought down for your different viewpoints or for how you dress or for, you know, things that you may say. So it, in my mind, it goes back to psychological safety and does the environment you're in have that or not? Yeah, let's talk about your book. Okay. You have a book. Let's get to your book. All right. So yes. now you're going from you get your PhD, then you got you got the business going, and now you have a book. Let's talk about your book. Yeah. Um, your book is interesting, and I love the I love the picture on it. It's the front cover is so great. Oh. Um, there's it's it's kind of cool. Now people, you know, writing a book is not easy. People think they're writing a book is like okay, I just write everything <laughs> I want to put there in a book, and to publish a book, it is not an easy task. It is not. I know a lot of authors. Yeah. It's been so. So let's talk about first of all, what's the name of your book? My book is called Behind Frenemy Lines Rising Above Female Rivalry to Be Unstoppable Together. And let me tell you, Alex, I worked hard for this cover. They kept giving me like 
perky blonde women with ponytails. I'm like, I don't have blonde hair. I have, I hardly have any hair and I want, I want color. I want diversity. And so I was like, this is going to be a deal breaker if they can't get this cover <laughs> right. I wanted it to, I wanted every woman who reads this to see themselves in it. And um, because I don't think with this type of behavior, no age, no race, no culture is off limits. Women experience it. So let's talk about how long did it take you to write this book? Because that's that's a big question I always ask people. Yeah. You're writing a book, how long does it take? So a lot of it. So it's interesting. I um, had the foundations of it from my PhD because that was the research that I had done. And then I had kept collecting all this research. But when I... COVID was my friend in this regard because things kind of <laughs> shut down. I'm like, I'm going to use this time to write a book. But um, so it was during COVID. And then my goal was to 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 make it available for everyday you everyday readers to read, everyday people. I didn't want it to be scientific. I wanted it to be you could just pick it up and see yourself in it. So it took a year to write, but I'd already had the foundation in place. And so. it's I, I love the cover. It is so cool. You. you have everybody on there. You have all types of lives on there. You know, it is a book about sisterhood and supporting each other. You know, and so yeah. in your book, do you give tips and advice on your book? You know, what's all the contents of your book? Because okay, I'm gonna yeah. read a book, and what is it? You know, okay, let's sisterhood. Cool. Yeah. No, what's, it goes. It dives in deep. <laughs> it, um, well, it talks about this behavior because there are so many ways it can hit you. So that's. Every type I tried to think any type of behavior that could be in the rivalry arena. But um, then it's like how it makes you feel, because I think it's huge with society saying it's, you know, women being um, having a cat fight. But um, in each chapter, I have probably seven or eight sections where you can write. So it's almost like a journal as well. Like, have you done this or have you experienced it? And I think a big thing with this behavior, too, is. A lot of women will say, well, how do I know if I'm doing it? So this will give you that reality check. And I'm, you know, we could talk about that. But and then how to flip the lens, like be better together. So I, I give a lot of stories from as young as grade school till even women in their older age and everything in between. So there's a lot of real life stories that you're kind of like, oh, my God, that didn't happen. But yeah, it did. These are these are from the mouths of the women i just had them transcribed so now you said something important there you know when you flip the script yeah some people don't understand that they're doing this some people understand that you yeah. know because they they you know they have all this knowledge or they have all this you know they want to share with the world and they think they're doing good but at the same time yeah. they might be offending somebody in the wrong way yeah. or saying something in a bad way so yeah now when you're the doer now we talked about the person receiving it you were talking about the people that okay we've been doing you know I'm a victim now. How yeah. how we look at now we're the doer. How do we yeah. people don't realize? Let's talk about that subject because in your book you said you bring this out and a lot yeah. of people don't realize they're doing this by you know by simple yeah. A lot of people don't want to um raise their hand and say, Yeah, I've done that. I mean, I'm I know I did in high school, you know, I'm not proud of it, but it happened. I think I'm well beyond that by now, but I have totally been on the other side too. Um but you have to pause and reflect like if you first if you're being a if you're targeted look at am i causing any of this am i what's my role in it i think it's always good to have a self-check that's a reality check because 
like you said, maybe it's different cultures. Maybe it's, you know, maybe, maybe that other person is really shy. Maybe you're raised very differently. So you don't know what's triggering somebody else. Um, this is my biggest thing ever though. You also have to look inward and say, do I like myself? I think you have that little voice that's back here chatting. I call it your she bully. And if she's talking, it's going to be really hard to make other friends. So women who love themselves love other women. And that's how you're going to create this positive sisterhood. If you don't like your own bad self, chances are you're not going to like too many other people on a true authentic level. So look inward, look at if you truly are comfortable in your own skin. Those are some big factors to, to you know, take a self check to know if you may be contributing to this behavior. Well, I got I got a good one for you because yeah. women, <laughs> women friends. Let's talk about women friends, all right? <laughs> women friends. You talked on a subject. Oh man, because it's not just in the workplace. Okay? No, it's also in the home environment. It's also out in the streets. It's also out hanging out. It's also trying to have a cup of coffee with a friend. Okay, yeah. I hear this um, in different lifestyles. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to invite a woman over because you know, you know, they feel so, the 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 woman that's talking this feels very insecure by herself and then it's yeah. like, oh, i'll buy anybody over because you know i'm gonna be cheated on yeah you know i want uh, female friends because they're all about gossip i want a female friend because of this you know and you probably heard this and you know, this is so sad because they're not giving a chance to let's say to any other females to come into their lives because they're like hey you know i feel like i'm gonna be my husband's gonna run off and cheat with her because you know there's, yeah. there's, there's that security if they're someone being older being younger and they're afraid of having that connection with other females because yeah. they already had been bruised somewhere or another. So how would they fix that? Where you know they say, okay, um, how can you tell the you know having somebody that's afraid of that inviting other females because they already had been issues before in the past? How you fix that in a psyche in that part? You have to work on yourself because that that insecurity is stemming from you. Okay. So again, I think it's working on whether you see a counselor or whether you do self-help to get back where you are comfortable in your own skin and you're not threatened by other people. Um, two, this kind of goes in with the question you just asked, but I've had a lot of women say, well, we're friends because we've been friends for years. We met in college or, you know, um, we met when our kids were in preschool and now we all just hang out and I'll say, okay, but, but yeah, but I know when I leave, she's talking about me. So I'm like, okay, well, if that is the case, is that a true friend? No. If you feel like somebody is talking about you, I, you know, not that not the first one if you're distrustful of everybody but if you truly feel like a friend is doesn't have your back or isn't there from you then why are you friends with them and in our society we talk so much about romantic breakups it's very hard to talk about friendship breakups but you know what sometimes you have to and um if somebody is not good for you it's okay to walk away it doesn't mean you have to say hey alex i'm breaking up with you we're not friends anymore no but you can slowly pull back, you can put up boundaries, and then you can assess it to see if it's getting better or not. But that back to that gut feeling, if you feel that somebody does not have your back and it's continual, they probably don't. So then how is that serving you? It's not healthy. And, and I don't like drama. I hate it. And as I get older, my circle of friends gets a little bit smaller. But you know what? I do know that they have my back and I have theirs. And you want that. So... 
again, back to women who loves them, love themselves, love other women, to have effective, strong friendships, you really have to like yourself first. Right. So let's talk about another topic you talk about, which is yeah. phenomenal, which is big. Let's say, you know, you have these called toxic friends or when, yeah. whenever I need friends. Okay. The reason I bring this up is because I see this is on social. Yeah. You know, you see this on social and I have the people that we call them uh social, they call them when they just scroll, they don't click on your name, but they're watching you. They're watching everything you're doing. Oh yeah. The silent, the silent, you know, they're always watching, but they never like, or they never do anything. Right. But when they need something, they call you, they reach out to you. Yeah. Those are the, the phones. So when you have toxic friends or you have, you know, and then now here's the thing, when you're a group of women, you know, you know, you have, you have powerhouse women or friends or whatever. You're like, Hey, you know, you see someone that's not good for somebody, you know, and here we go. Here's a little gossip, you know, but it's not gossip. But hey, you're not, you know, we are, sometimes we just have blinders on. Yeah. You know, okay, forget yeah. about it. And then you have somebody trying to rip those blinders off. Hey, you need to realize, you know, how do you in a group of women, okay, you're like, you know, let's say they're all hanging out. Hey, what do you, you know, how did they, how can, if you have someone's advising you, like to say, okay, you're coaching me, you're my coach. Hey, you know what, Alex, this person that is in your life is toxic for you. Why do you hang out? You're like, oh, well, you give all the excuses in the world, yeah. you know, but not, they're not willing to take the blinders off. Yeah. How do you, you know, then the person that has the blinders on interprets it as a, how you say it, as a, oh, you're attacking me, you know? Yeah. I see it so much on social and I hear it all the time. Yeah. So, how it's, do you coach somebody to rip off the blinders? Because it, they're, already, they don't, they're, they're just don't want to see it. They don't want to see it. And I think it goes back to, well, we've been friends for so long or it's always been this way. Well, just because it's always been that way doesn't mean it's right. And so I think as a friend, you can tell somebody, but you also have to be aware like how they're going to respond may not be the way you intend, if that makes sense. But mm -hmm. people are going to do what they're going to do. But again, if that person has their blinders on, yet they're always complaining about these people or what's going on, you have to look at your relationship with that individual and say, this is draining. Like how much more time and effort do I want to put into it? But um, I think when you are really good friends with somebody, I know my dear friends, like I want that feedback if I, you know, because that's, we love each other. So we would say stuff, but sometimes people are not open to receiving. And then it just, you have to evaluate, is this worth a, a relationship that's worth my energy? Right. All right. So Change the topic completely. Yeah. We, we learned about your life, we about your mentoring, your coaching, all that. Recently on your blog, you yeah. talk about the big C. Yep. Let's talk about the big C and why it is a subject that 95% of women don't want to yep. talk about. Yep. Okay. So you want to talk about that and what is a big C? What is a big C, first of all? The big C is the big cancer, the breast cancer. So, yep. And this, I think I what the big C in the sisterhood was my blog post, but um, yeah, go ahead. When you heard about it, because here's the thing you go for a mammogram, okay? Yeah, you know, let me let me tell you about mammograms first of all. I am not afraid about talking about the subject because yeah. I had to get one often. Yeah, you walk into a machine, they take <laughs> your they take your boobs and they yeah. press them, and they you squeeze the heck out of them. It's like a plate, like two pieces yeah. of metal plate, and it's cold, and they squeeze them so listen to you guys be nice to your wife when they go to yes. to get a mammogram because they do hurt it is a yeah. they got better at it like i said they got better over the years yeah but when you you know you that you and some people don't know right away 
depending on the yeah. place with the mammogram done and then that that whole waiting period when you yes. got when you you being a doctor you have a doctor come in and they tell you hey this is a diagnose how did you feel about that being you know from both a doctor and then they say i know you took a deep breath about that yeah when you hear that you know how did you mentally how do you take it of course there's there's no way of answering it but how do yeah. you take it personally well so it's crazy this i this all happened the week of thanksgiving so it's pretty recent um i'm an avid mammogram person just because of family history so it had been like a year to the day so i hadn't let any time lapse and i've been called back before but i had been called back by a letter so this time i got a phone call and they said you're coming in on wednesday and i went okay when they start telling you when you're coming in, that changes the feeling of what's going on because you're, they're just saying, get in here. I'm like, okay, I knew, I knew by the, and it wasn't the way anybody said or did anything, but it was the urgency in which they were handling it. I'm like, this is different. So um, I don't know, I, I, I had that sinking feeling in my stomach, but I approach, um, I do better with facts than I do ambiguity. So once I started getting all the facts and realizing, okay, this is totally manageable. So I have what's called DCIS breast cancer, and it's the the best kind of breast cancer to get. It's non-invasive. Um, I had surgery in January. I'll have radiation here coming up for a month next month, but it's it does make your like the c word you're like it to say that you have cancer it feels kind of shocking sometimes i wake up and i'm like oh wow yeah that is me but i feel i can use my platform i've this whole other pink ribbon sisterhood has come out that i hadn't even expected and i've been blessed with like i'm some people have reached out after reading that i was friends with in kindergarten i'm like oh my gosh it's so many relationships and love and it's been amazing. So the health aspect of it is get your damn mammogram. But the other aspect is the support and care and it's overwhelming in a good way. And it's just like, it's the strength of the sisterhood or the malehood too, because I wanna be clear, it's been men and women that have been by my side through this. And um, it's been amazing. Now here's the thing, you, you know, say you're, you're helping women get their lives back to normal right and yeah. with breast cancer you know and it's it's not an easy topic i mean breast cancer is very has affected a lot of people in my family yeah and when you hear about it it's like it's it's very scary i mean you're yeah. rising your hair up and you mentally say okay i got this yeah i think it's wrong and all of a sudden you just you can't you, it, it goes in a state of shock yeah you know um and then you have of course when you talk, think about radiation you know knowing yeah. that you say you're a person of data you see what the data does you know you're worried you know yeah but the good thing is having a support of both people in it you know now here's the thing have you encountered anybody yet um any like you say kind of being like a bully in this because you know it's like you have these in every in every aspect you know yes. and now you deal with breast cancer have you encountered now that you got diagnosed you're going through your your treatment now starting to do pretty soon have you encountered anybody that says Oh well, you know she has cancer, and let's okay, whatever. You know, have you seen? Have you heard that, or have you? Because I mean, a lot yeah. of people with cancer have, have, like they think now because it's so common. You know, I hate yeah. to say this, but breast cancer and cancer is so common nowadays. It's like people are like, okay, she has cancer, like COVID. Yeah. Oh, okay, you have COVID. Yeah, they brush it off. How's that? I haven't had it that way as much, but 
this kind of goes back to what you said about how people are on social and then they don't say anything. So I think where I've seen it in like this kind of, and I, I didn't write any of this when I wrote it um, for sympathy. It's more for awareness, you know, like I want to share anytime I feel if I can help even one person, I'm succeeding. So I did openly share my story on my blogs. But it's the people that don't say anything that that I and sometimes it's the people that you're surprised that they haven't said anything because you think they would be the ones that would. That's been a little bit eye opening. I haven't had any other negative remarks, but then the other side of it, all these people that, you know, when you put something out on on a blog or in social it goes into the the big open universe you don't know who's reading it or not and so then i get all this inpouring of support and love and i'm like well that makes up for it and it's not like it was a competition it just was eye-opening like you kind of realize who has your back or who doesn't yeah and it, you know and then it is true to say you know if people right now let's say i tell people this if you're you know who your friends are when you're in trouble on yes your deathbed or we go through something hard, you know, yes. and you realize, and it's, yes. it is an eye work, and it's not just with males or female or no. how you know, you realize, and the, like I say, it yeah. does hurt and does bother you when you fact, hey, this person, I thought this person would reach out to me, and they don't, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's sad. So, yeah, All right. how do we follow you? Because I mean, we can go out for hours and talking for hours. How do I we know. follow you? I love this subject, you've been such an amazing guest. I mean, I could just so amazing talking to you. Thank uh, you. What is your what is your website and how do you spell it? Because some people are driving <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, I, I, I try pronounces, I'm gonna chop it all up. So I'll let you so, do it. Though. So full disclosure, my website is going to go through a revamp here shortly. It right now it's um to be t-o-b-e coaching and consulting but in the near future it's going to be my name dr amber tishner phd because that's what all my social is as well so i'm on um instagram linkedin facebook i'm on youtube everything but um, my last name is t-i-c-h-e-n-o-r it's a mouthful but dr amber tishner and um that soon is where my website will be as well but um yeah i love Alex's talk has been amazing and I'd love to hear from people on if you're experiencing the behaviors we've talked about and don't know how to overcome it or deal with it, reach out, please. I'm here. And how can you buy your book? My book is on Amazon. It's on all the um, major places. It should be in bookstores, but it's on Amazon. It's in um, a digital format, the print, as well as an audible. So there are several ways to read or listen to it. And I also, if you want an author signed copy, just reach out to me on my website and I can do that too. <laughs> all right. I'll, I, might, I might get one of those I put it on my, on my shelf. So, yeah. all right. It's such a pleasure having you here. We will go, you know, do another podcast with you and follow you up and, you know, keep following you to see your yep. journey goes. Thank you so much for being on here yeah. today. Thank you.